what's up what's up what's up welcome back to another episode of exceeding wild black y'all you already know what i'm gonna say right we have a special guest it's a good episode you know the things i always say but it's an incredible incredible episode um we have the amazing jalil with us today and as inspirational and motivational he is y'all I kid you not, before I even press record, I was I was already motivated. You know, I was already ready to conquer the day. Um, who he is and his spirit is beautiful. And I love that he is authentically himself. And, you know, that's what I preach <laughs> on this show and Black excellence, of course. But today is really special because we speak on faith. So we speak on spirituality, um, healing, and just the emotions that life throws at you, you know, the obstacles that life throws at you, and just how to just keep moving, man. Um, anyway, I ain't going to say too much. I ain't going to say too much. I'm just going to jump right into it because this was very um, inspirational to me. Um, it was very personal. So I really appreciate you for being here. but. What's up? So you've already been the inspiration in my morning already. You know, like, <laughs> literally, literally, we could just stop. <laughs> we could just stop. But what even made you want to start your inspirational videos or just your motivation um, when it comes to your different reels and speeches that you have? Yeah, well, first things first, I'm really humbled to be able to be on this. Every time I get an opportunity to talk to anybody um, about things that have happened in my life, I think that it's a it's an opportunity to be able to inspire other people to be able to know that whatever their story is, whatever their journey is that they're on, it's worth, you know, you should live a life that's worth, I think, talking about um, that other people can glean from and get inspiration from. And so I'm humbled, I'm, I'm excited, and I'm looking forward to the conversation today. Um, to answer your question a little bit more specifically, um, inspiration has been a part of my life since I was a kid. I always watched my dad growing up, and, you know, he was a pastor for 36 years, I think, or 37 years um, this year. And I always saw helping people, healing people, um, encouraging people, lifting people up, and seeing people transform as a regular part of my life. So naturally, my life was that way as well. When I was like three years old, I would be having my little stool and I would stand on my stool and have a book in my hand and a and some type of object that would be a microphone, like a you know a spoon or something, and I would see myself you know speaking in front of people um and so it kind of naturally came as a kid imitating his father, but mm-hmm. symbolic for I think. What inevitably, you know, is, has been my journey, which is, you know, now speaking in front of masses and speaking to people, um, even as a kid, it was just a thing of what was going to be my life. So did you grow up in the church? I did. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And how, how was that lifestyle for you? Because I know a lot of people, they say that it's, it's tough or, you know, a preacher's kid to just, you know, you have certain expectations that you have to live by, you know, and just people watching you in a sense of, oh, you're doing this, you shouldn't be doing this, you know, because you're a preacher's kid, why are you going out, or, you know, why are you into this crowd, you know, did you have those type of, um, those type of people that were just looking at you in that, in that way, or did you have a certain standard for yourself, even? Yeah, oh, absolutely, there was a lot of judgment growing up as a preacher's kid because mm-hmm. people would see my life kind of like living in a fishbowl in a major way. Um, yeah. I was always on display, and the principles that my father would teach were only as good as the execution of my family's ability to live them out. So mm-hmm. in a major way, I didn't ever want to disappoint or let my dad down, um, so I wanted to kind of be the best version of myself in order to uphold and maintain the reputation of him, the church, and ultimately 
what he was teaching because I believed in what he was teaching, not only mm-hmm. because of, you know, his conviction of it, but because of my own conviction of it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I was convinced that, you know, being a believer in Jesus Christ was something that was like my path since I was a kid. I always just knew that this was the right path. This was the truth. Of course, as I grew older, I began to explore and think and just see, like, naturally, okay, is this the truth? And I think that that's healthy for every believer to be able mm-hmm. to not challenge God, but to be able to take the uh, the journey of, you know, discovery with other things that are out there, especially for people who grew up in the church, because I think mm-hmm. that you should be able to not, um, again, not challenge God, but to be able to truly know and see. I've I've seen, I've looked, I've I've searched, and there is nothing that's higher than this. There's nothing that's better than this. Um and so having that conclusion for myself that y'all at a young age um was really a foundation to be able to continue um to believe and to exemplify and live out what it is that my dad was teaching um since I was a child. Mm-hmm. And you know that actually really hit home for me because my grandmother she's a reverend and she's been in in the church for as long as I can remember. You know, since I was a little girl, I would always, I kid you not, Jaleel, like, we would literally be in church, all, like, from all day. 8, 8, yeah. right, 8 o'clock in the morning to 8 at night. Like, yep. what is the world? <laughs> that, that, that sounds about right. That sounds about right, 100%. It's like, I would literally look at my grandmother, like, Okay, can we go home now? I'm tired. I'm hungry. Right, but one, right. <laughs> but the one thing that I did love is that, like, my grandmother, she she was always a woman of just, okay, this is this is what you need to do. You need to abide by, you know, the Bible, abide by, you know, the testimonies of different people. And But she also gave me the opportunity to just still be myself, you know, regardless of, judgment regardless of what anybody else would say and sometimes like I would not necessarily like you say challenge God but as I did grow older I started to just kind of question things you know in a sense of all right so if I don't do this what would happen you know what I'm saying right. like if 100%. I, if I don't go this way exactly what would happen you know, mm. so I started kind of, I honestly started taking my life in my own hands, which if anybody is listening, don't do that. <laughs> oh, Lord, please don't. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, please, please, please don't, please, please. Because you would definitely get a rude awakening. Um, Boy, and I promise you. It, it came to a point in my life where, Things were terrible, you know. I got to what I feel was my bottom, you know, and I, (laughs) the only person that I could call on was God, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's literally the only person I could call on because it was in that moment that I realized, okay, I can't do this on my own. I tried to do this on my own several times, and Mm -hmm. I'm unable to. So the next step would be to call on him and to now listen to him, you know, mm-hmm. stop listening to my own flesh and listen to my spirit. Because at yes. the end of the day, my spirit knows that. So what exactly was your obstacle, you know, that made you kind of, or did you even go through like that obstacle, you know, growing up in a church and kind of already knowing, you know, to follow Jesus? Did you ever have an obstacle of just like, all right, I'm going to stray away just a little bit. And then something oh, yeah. happened to where you had to stray way back. <laughs> Uh, absolutely, absolutely. It's I don't know. For me, it's just like every single time, every single time that I've strayed away from God, it always God always finds a way to bring me back. Mm-hmm. It's it's like I I can't explain it, but it's just like this. It's like when you've been created for something, then you're frustrated. When the thing that you you know okay actually let me let me go back because I, I have a, a specific way I want to say this I want to make sure it comes through clearly so when you've been when you buy something let's just say you buy a computer let's say you buy a phone mm-hmm. let's say you buy whatever it is you know item headphones whatever 
the moment that those headphones don't work, the moment that that computer doesn't work, what's the first thing that you're going to do? Call customer service. Call customer service, and you're going to, you know, or, you know, and if it continues to not work, you're going to ultimately probably what? Buy buy a new pair. <laughs> right. So you're you're gonna yeah you're gonna return it. You're gonna buy a new pair. You're no longer yeah. gonna use that. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing that I feel like when it comes to God and our being designed as human beings. Each and every single one of us was designed for a specific reason, for a specific outcome, for a specific thing that we're supposed to do in our lives. So Mm -hmm. because there's a specific thing that we're each supposed to do with our lives, the moment that we're not doing that thing, what's the purpose for us? What's the use for us? So Mm -hmm. I think that God always will call me back to him no matter how dark it would get, Jazz, like, and I'm talking, it would get dark. Like, there's, yeah. times, there's times where, you know, I literally was contemplating suicide. There's mm-hmm. times where I was contemplating, you know, um, you know, just literally ending it all, my business, um, you know, just, just cutting myself off from the world, moving to, like, Columbia or something like that and just, like, literally just, like, it, it leaving my phone in the States and just, like, going and starting all over, like, literally running away. Like, I've, I've, I've come to the lowest of low, low, low points. Mm-hmm. And in all of those moments, there will always be some type of olive branch that, for some reason, God would extend to me that would make right. me reevaluate and reconsider it all and find his grace, find his love, and then pull me back into what I was supposed to do, what my purpose was. And, you know, I think that when you have a life that has other people's lives that are attached to you, and even if it's before you know that or you understand that that's your reality, like that's the calling that you have, you will never be able to escape that calling because of how important it is. It almost is like you have to go through extra miles and extra hoops to be able to debunk your purpose because at that point it's almost like God is sustaining you because not even of just you at that point, but because of the lives that he attached to your purpose. Now, of course, is it possible that you could you could ultimately forego and forfeit your purpose? Absolutely. But you would have to go through so many things to do that. It's almost like by the time you keep doing it over and over again, you tie your own self out. Like, you're like, all right, I got to stop. I got to, you know what I'm saying? I got to chill, <laughs> yeah. chill off. But it's just like, why am I still being, you know, nutty with this? So at the end of the day, I think that it's extremely important to make sure that, like, when you are in those lowest of low moments, when you are in those rough times and those tough, you know, rough patches, et cetera, you have to find that that space with God to just be like, all right, cool, I surrender um, you know, I'm for you, and I'm going to continue to live for you, no matter how hard that it might get in this season, or how hard that it may be um, at this time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, while you were talking, I kind of started crying a little bit because mm-hmm. I I created Exceeding Wild Black, what I thought in the beginning I created Exceeding Wild Black was for others. You know, to express themselves, to share their story, to share where they are in this moment, you know, and to remind them that they are important, you know, that their journey is important, that who they are, their purpose is important. And in this moment of our conversation, I started to realize my importance. Um, wow. Just just last week, I was going through the roughest time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was a very dark moment for me. A very and I and I don't I don't have dark moments often. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I ground myself um very well. Mm-hmm. And so when I when I get into, you know, dark moments or dark phases, it's just kind of like it's here then it leaves. Mm-hmm. But last week was just <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what was going on. But <laughs> I was <laughs> In the roughest state, the roughest state, and it, it, I, I talked about this um, on my last episode, um, and I talked about how I had suicidal thoughts, you know, and it was the people that were around me that were 
bringing me back, that was pulling me. They're like, no, no, no. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Yep, <laughs> you know, right, I, exactly. I, yep. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, I don't care what y'all are talking about. I cannot do this. And honestly, as soon as I let go of that negativity, that thought, the person that was holding me back, I got into this whole nother world, I feel like, whole nother realm where it was this, everything that I had prayed for was now starting to come, you know, mm-hmm. um, people that I prayed for, and not that specific person, but mm-hmm. the characteristics of mm-hmm. the person started to come mm-hmm. to me, and I'm like, hold up, mm-hmm. I feel, this just happened last week, why is mm-hmm. it now, now I'm, I'm starting to, to really count my blessings, and Beautiful. it amazes me how God works. You know, God is powerful, man. And he's not doing he's not going to do anything until you're ready for it. Yep. Until yep. you're ready for it. He's not, he's not giving you nothing yep. until you're ready for it. Until you're truly ready for it. So hearing you just hearing you speak, honestly, I one, I can definitely tell that you were that you grew up in the church. Okay, the way the way God just moves through you is amazing. Um, Thank you. I really appreciate it, You're you're welcome because I I kid you not like I when I you know I followed you on Instagram and mm-hmm. I was seeing your posts and stuff and I reposted you because honestly every time that I saw one of your posts I was like this man's talking you know what I'm saying like it was wow. like, Every time that I saw something, I was like, yo, you're really speaking. And I know that I'm not the only one that needs to hear this. You know, I know I'm not the only person that is going through this, you know, particular um, situation right now. Like, there are many of us, especially today, you know, this world is healing from a lot. You know, not not just from COVID, but, but from everything else that was going on in this world that we're still trying to get over. You yeah. know, um, yeah. And so, when I run into people like you, who are an inspiration, you know, mm-hmm. who have gone through something and who realize it and who want to impact others' lives, like I have to talk to you. You mm-hmm. know, there, there there's not going to be a moment where I'm just like, oh, okay, that's dope, and then I just go on about my day. No, I have to speak mm-hmm. to you. You know, mm-hmm. because I know that something that you're going to tell me is going to resonate with me. It's going to resonate with my heart like you just did. Mm-hmm. Like, I, Jalil, I didn't write down one question. Mm. And something like when I, when I started, when I was looking into you, normally I write down all my questions. You know, I have to have some type of, some type of problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> something going on. I just knew that I wasn't going to need them. Like, right. something kept telling me, you're not going to need any questions. Just talk. Just talk to the yeah. man. That's what you wanted to do. You know what I'm mm. saying? That's what you wanted to do in the first place was to just talk. Wow. And honestly, so far, you're not even you're not even really into it yet. You know, yeah. but so far, the conversation has been incredible. You know, you are definitely an inspiration, and I really admire you already without even really knowing you. Wow. You know, I really admire you. Thank you. I I, I appreciate that, but you know what? What I realized, Jasmine, is that this is something that my oldest brother uh, taught me when I was much younger because I felt that way about him. And mm-hmm. um, I was just like, man, you're so amazing. You're such an amazing person. Um, and, you know, he was just saying to me, I appreciate that compliment, but you have to realize that the only way that you could recognize any type of greatness or light or good that is in me is because it's already in you. If you didn't recognize it, then you would see it through the lens of hate and you wouldn't look at it through the lens of love. So basically you would find envy you would find, you know, some type of jealousy and you wouldn't be able to admire it. But 
because you see it in you, because innately that same level of light, good, love, you know, is in you, now when you see me, you resonate. So really all that you're doing is you're resonating with the same thing that is inside of you. And that's why I do what I do every single day to be able to encourage others, to be able to share, because all the numbers that I might see on my social media, I was just talking to my friend, um, Shantia, about this last night. You know, we were just literally talking about how the platforms that God has allowed us to have um, are all – the numbers that we see are nothing more than souls, really. It's mm-hmm. just souls, every single day, souls. And there's people who need encouragement. There's people who need light. There's people who need this love. And there's people, like you talked about, who need to heal. And I realized that my platform is truly all about healing. You know what I'm saying? Like, my platform is predicated upon what it means to heal because the name of my company is North 13th. And North 13th is my grandmother's street in Philadelphia. And in North 13th Street, um, or on North 13th Street at her house, it was always a place of restoration for people who were in between. So it was like, of course, she raised her children, you know, um, they all went out and moved out the house. But when there was those moments where they fell behind on money, where they fell behind on, you know, opportunity, where they were just kind of messed up mentally out of out of uh, wits, you know, or out of whack, excuse me, with the principles that she had taught them growing up and everything like that, that was a place that she could go, or, excuse me, that was a place that they could go back to um, to be able to heal and to be able to develop themselves and get back on their feet and get a good meal or meals, plural, you know what I'm saying, stay there for a while. Uh, you know, move back in for a little bit, get healed up, and then boom, now go back out to the world, do what you got to do. So inevitably, I think, or innately, I felt called to do that same thing and provide that same type of a, a oasis for people in the world. And I wanted to create a space or a platform that people could come heal, and they could heal holistically, so they could heal mm-hmm in their wellness journey, they can heal on their work journey, they can heal in their wealth journey, right? Heal and and grow and develop. So that's my whole platform. That's my whole story. That is my, my message. A lot of different people, you know, whether it's like, you know, just influencers, rappers, you know, um, artists, you know, poets, poets, whoever it is, that everybody, you know, is known typically like for that message, right? Like Maya Angelou is like still I rise. Marianne mm-hmm. Anderson, you know, our deepest fears that we are not, you know, um, inadequate, but that we're more powerful beyond measures, that light that's inside of us, right? Um, you know, Bishop Jake's, his message is like, you know, get ready, right? Um, you know, Oprah's message is like that journey within. So, you know, and, and, and love and self-discovery. So I think that, you know, with my message, my message is truly all about you know, believing in, in, in healing, right? Like just truly believing in that in that journey and enjoying the journey, but healing throughout that journey and growth. Like growth is my message. So mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, what you're seeing, what you're experiencing for me is just nothing more than just years of cultivating a message, developing a message, but it's all based off of my own personal experiences what I personally have gone through, and now sharing those messages out with the world. And I feel like when you find that place of what your message is and what your story is, then you continue to you continue to speak that story, share that story, get that story out to the world. And I think that your tribe finds you. You know, your mm-hmm. people find you. And just like what you're what you're saying to me right now in this moment is you're expressing to me a confirmation of why I'm doing what I'm doing because you found me. You are the tribe that I was reaching to find so that I could be able to fulfill my purpose. And here on North 13th Street, you know, um, you're a neighbor, right, because I, I believe that we're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves. 
So anybody who rocks with me, anybody who subscribes to this message and who says, yo, like, I rock with Jay, like, he's, you know, in his message and what he's saying, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, now you're a neighbor, right? And it doesn't matter where you live. You could live in Wisconsin, and I could live in Dallas. It doesn't matter. We can be neighbors because of technology and more than anything because of common interests. We both like mm-hmm. this. We both are focused on this. We want to grow. We want to develop. And now we have an opportunity to create this digital global neighborhood of people who think this way. And imagine, imagine when, you know, this continues to grow and develop. Imagine how many different people we can reach with love, with the power of, you know, community, with, you know, light, with, you know, providing opportunities for one another and giving opportunities for you to develop in your career path or to develop in your fitness journey or your mental health journey or your trauma journey or your wealth journey. Yeah, I, I, I hate – one of the things that I absolutely hate, Jazz, is the fact that there's so many people who are millennials, Gen Z, who don't know how to do life. That bothers mm. me. That really bothers me. They have no idea for life skills. Common sense and life skills is something that is not common. People don't know what to do to be able to properly structure their taxes. People don't know what to do to be able to buy a home or even the process and the journey towards buying a home. People don't know what to do to be able to, um, you know, get past their bad breakup that they had, and then now they take that toxicity or toxicity, excuse me, and now they try to sex it away. They try to mm-hmm. drug drugs it away, molly it away, you know, opium it away, you know, all these different things that they do to try to just, you know, numb the pain that they feel because they don't know how to do that inner work. They don't know how to do that deeper work. Um, they try to, you know, work it away, right? Some people are successful in their careers, so they just continue to just keep working and keep working and keep working. They keep burying and burying and burying, and they try to they continue to acquire, acquire, acquire houses, cars, new goal, new promotion, um, new business goal, new, you know, okay, cool, we made a million, now let's go for 10, okay, cool, now we made 10, let's go for 100, okay, we made 100, let's go for a billion, but it's not because of their true genuine even interest in what the thing is that they're doing they have a business that's just successful and they just keep making money to just avoid the pain that they feel inside so there's so many mm-hmm. different ways and avenues in which the neighborhood that we're developing is is created for holistic growth and it has the beginning stages of it all right now it just looks like a guy who's speaking inspirationally on social media but really what i'm doing is i'm creating a funnel um, for all these people who subscribe to this message to come to me, to de- be developed by me, and then we're going to continue to build through, through content more and more stories, more messages that help people to develop in their wellness journey, their work journey, and in their wealth journey. Um, and as that continues to grow and as that continues to, you know, to develop, um, my vision for it at scale is that it will be a global community where in every major metropolitan city in the world you'll have some type of North 13 facility um, that'll be a home base in that in that area where people can come meet other neighbors, um, connect with other neighbors, get products that can help them to heal um, and to develop and to grow within their you know tracks of wellness work or wealth. Um, festivals that we'll do just like J. Cole did with Dreamville or, mm-hmm. you know, Jay-Z did with Made in America or, you know, people like that. Like my vision is festivals, you know, for 13th Street where people, the neighbors can all come and, and meet each other and have music and have, you know, uh, food trucks. And I mean, just all types of stuff. I know I'm kind of going on a rant here, but the the, mm-hmm. the, the, the overall thing to be, you know, understood is that my life's work is truly about getting people who want to grow together, meeting each mm-hmm. other, doing life together, and supporting each other like a real neighborhood. That's truly what my vision is, and that's what I am dedicating the rest of my life to do. That is beautiful. That is literally beautiful. And, you know, you don't you don't hear this often enough, you know, um, reason why I started my podcast was because I wanted to build my community. I wanted to heal my community and allow them to, again, like, express themselves and tell their stories and, you know, be authentically themselves. So what you're doing is amazing, Jalil. Like, I literally clap for you. I clap for you. I applaud for you. Um, But what would you say for people who are coming to you and 
may feel as though they're unable to heal or they don't even know the first step of healing mm-hmm. or, you know, getting into that process or getting into that journey, like, what is it that you would say to them or how would you help them? Yeah, for sure. So I think that the healing journey is in different stages. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the first step for healing is to be aware. I think that right. you have to be aware to know that healing is needed. I think mm-hmm. when I first started my healing journey, I started to notice inside of myself, like, something's not right. Like, I don't feel mm-hmm. normal. Normally, my default nature is somebody that's extremely um, big personality, um, extremely excited, happy, joyous, you know, sometimes even to the point where I might be annoying, like, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> because I, I have so much light inside of me. Um, so I, when I started to just not feel that normal click, that normal spark, that normal fire that I once had, I, um, I was like, okay, something's, something's, you know, not right. So that was the first step. It was just like, okay, acknowledgement. Something's not right. I need to kind of explore what's going on here more, right? So as time continued, once I first noticed that something wasn't right, the next step was I started to realize, okay, things are starting to get worse because I'm not dealing with it. So it's more like Mm -hmm. when you're, you know, experiencing a sickness or a cold or whatever it is, you know, um, you start to like, you first symptom, you get a little sniffle. Then, you know, day two, day three, okay, wait, my throat is starting to hurt. This is weird. Okay, wow, I'm getting headaches. Oh, wow, I have a fever. Okay, now it's because, you know, sometimes we pay immediate attention to things. Like when we get those sniffles, oh, let me go ahead and get, you know, get what I need to get to, like, knock right. it out early. <laughs> you know, your home remedies and all that kind of stuff or medicine or whatever it is that you deal with it. Me personally, I I recommend, you know, uh, natural medicine um, all the time. But, you know, you don't deal with it. Now you're like, okay, what do I do here? Then there's that next step where it's like, okay, I got to deal with this. I got to actually like, you know, get, get, get this thing, you know, taken care of for people who don't, you know, acknowledge it from the rip because now it's gotten so severe where it's starting to affect. And I think that where you start to see where it gets really severe is how you start acting in your normal patterns. So if you start to notice, you start putting yourself, um, you know, in a state of, you know, seclusion. Um, If you start noticing that you are sleeping more than you normally, you know, um, usually are, um, where you don't want to get out of bed. When you start to see that, you know, you're around dark environments, like you don't want to pull your shades open, you don't want to get out your room, your room is starting to become real messy, Um, you know, your environment is starting to become real messy, your car, if you have a car, your house, you know, just wherever your your space is, um, you find yourself consuming social media more more often than you usually do. Um, You find yourself, you know, constantly going out, right? Some people, because it's all different types of different triggers for different people. So I'm just going through different scenarios that I've seen um, and experienced myself. You want to start going out and spending more money than you usually have, right? You're trying to constantly just go out to eat and you just call it, oh, well, I'm doing a solo date, you know, or I'm just treating myself. And you just constantly keep saying, I'm treating myself, I'm treating myself, oh, I'm giving myself a a moment or whatever it is, right? As you go through all of these different things, these become lies that we tell ourselves to cope with the fact that we're not dealing with something that's actually happening deeper. And in my physical, I'm excuse me, in my uh, case and standpoint, it started to get so bad where I was starting to feel a physical sensation as a result of, like, not feeling together, not being healed. Like, I, I literally felt a physical sensation. And it, it wasn't physical pain like a, what's the word, like pain to the point where, um, like, if I broke my arm or something like that. But yeah. it was like a disgruntlement and a pain that was inside that just I felt in my heart. And I was just like, all right, something has to change. Like something, something really needs to give here. There's, there needs to be something different that that takes place. So when I started to really feel that and go through that the way that I was going through it, I was like, okay, I have to make something change. And so that next step after the acceptance and the acknowledgement and the true understanding of the need for change is to be able to start to do that inner work. So that inner work really looks like a couple of different steps. That inner work process 
can be lonely. Let me just start with saying that. That inner work process can be lonely, right? And the reason why it can be lonely is because the journey of healing is a personal journey. It's not a journey that your mom can fix for you, your dad can fix for you, your sister, your best friend, your friends, you know, whoever. That that journey is a solo type of a journey where people make a huge mistake is when they're on their healing journey, allowing a lot of different people in their space, especially from mm-hmm. a dating perspective. So people just, because they want to feel good, right? So it's just like, oh, let me have such and such come over. Let me do this. Let me have this person. Let me hang out with this person. Let me, whatever. The times where you're in your healing journey, your planted season, you know, et cetera, you have to make sure that you commit to the isolation process. And here's why. Because, in isolation is when we can hear God the clearest. Mm-hmm. In isolation is when we can hear God the clearest. So yeah. what that means is if I eliminate the noise that's around me, then I'm able to hear more from God and hear what he is telling me in that season. Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? You are the one who can, you know, really heal. The, the only one I feel like that can really heal us is God. And so mm-hmm. I think that it's important more than ever to be able to make sure that we pay attention to those seasons or we pay attention to those times in our lives where we don't have the answer, then we have to go to the source that has that answer. So right. I'm isolated, um in isolation, um, you know, um of, of to self I'm praying, I'm meditating because I'm looking deeper within myself because the answers are not outside of me. The answers are inside of me. I have to mm-hmm. make sure that I tap into self to make sure that those answers can become clearer and God is giving me those answers. Okay, cool. Now I'm starting to understand a couple of things. Now I'm starting to process. I think that mm-hmm. that next stage after, you know, just that the, the, the work that, of hearing from God is now the next stage of when I see what I'm confronted with because I have the answer yes. of mm-hmm. what I've gone through. And I now am able to visualize and, and to identify and see what the issue actually physically is. Now when I confront that thing, I have, or excuse me, now when I, when I see it, I have to confront it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's it's crazy because you look at, you know, the Bible says, you know, you can speak to a mountain and say, you know, um, be that move, be that cast like into the sea. And I don't think I'm, well, I'm not. I mean, I, I think that we have incredible powers as human beings. I'm I'm the type of person where I like to talk about like teleporting and, you know, like all types <laughs> of stuff. Like, I, I, I think that we have huge power as like as human beings that we don't tap into. But so, right. so I was saying that to say. I do think that that type of physical power is possible if if okay. when if and when we really tap into it. But I think it was that particular scripture was speaking directly towards a power that we have over our situations, the mountains that are in our lives, to be able to remove them and to be able to shift them out of our frontal, you know, perspective, the things that we're thinking about the most. So mm-hmm. I feel like once we go ahead and we get clear and get clarity on what that is going to, you know, like be for us as far as that acknowledgement, once we have clarity around it, it's like, okay, I confront you and now I deal with you and I accept that this happened. Whether this, right. what happened was my choosing, like I chose this, or mm-hmm. if it did happen, excuse me, or if it happened to me, and now I have to forgive the person that was involved to do that to me or the people that were involved to do that to me. Or this is even crazier because this gets really real. If it's a God that you have to, mm-hmm. quote, unquote, forgive. And the idea of, like, what it means to internally forgive God, God never does anything wrong to us. Let's just put it that way mm-hmm. because God's way is perfect all the time. No matter what we want to believe or how we choose to look at that, God's way is perfect all the time. But where it does get like a where it does become rather a um a a challenge to us is when God has to make something happen as far as like com- like a commitment to what he needs his purpose is for us mm-hmm. to to be able to move, he doesn't care about our feelings. So that oh. season of isolation 
is painful. And we get mm-hmm. hurt when we get chastised by God sometimes. Or we get hurt when God has to make a situation happen and remove people from our space or remove people from our lives or whatever it might be. Like, there are those seasons where God will make those types of commitments and those types of, uh, you know, uh, moves towards us. So what that mm-hmm. ends up what that ends up doing is that that hurts us. So we have to not for you know we have to forgive God in the sense of like understanding. Hey, okay, God, you knew what was best for me. You knew what was what what I needed to do. So Lord, I understand that you know this is what you needed to do towards me. So now I I, I repent. And I'm moving forward, right? Because we think that it's us forgiving God, but it's really God continuing to forgive us because we have the audacity to think that what we should have willed into existence was greater than what his plan was. And there's never a space and a time where that actually is a reality because God's plan is always the ultimate, truest plan that we could ever have or commit to. So, you know, I I just say all that to say, that once we get to that next part of confronting it and then letting go of those, you know, those uh, past emotions, traumas, et cetera, that's, that's when we are able to really experience the next step of that healing. And I can get into more tactics after this, but I feel like I've been talking for like an hour straight. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, you haven't. You haven't. You're good. You're good. But you're completely right. I think that when it comes to, when it comes to just a, acknowledging your own purpose or, you know, acknowledging that you do have, you know, a life and there is, your life is purposeful. Um, I think a lot of people don't really know what that looks like for them. Um, Mm -hmm. For instance, um, when it comes to my life, um, I never really knew what I wanted to do. I knew that as a little girl, I always wanted to help people. You know, that Mm -hmm. was, that was like the main thing, help people, help people, help people, right? And so when I first started out, it was like, okay, like, I, I was really good with my hands. So I was like, you know what, I could be a masseuse. I'm like, yeah, I love this. I love this. Mm. Then I was like, okay, wait, no, I can't do that. Because then I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, right? So I said, well, I can't do that. You know, now my hands cramp up, you know. Now they're always inflamed. So what now? Mm. And so I was like, well, I'm really good at poetry. You know, like, poetry mm-hmm. is my go-to. You know, this is where I'm, I'm able to express myself. I started doing that, and then it became, all right, well, journaling, I, I can I can do that as well. But now writing is just starting to become, you know, kind of just something I don't really want to do anymore, mm-hmm. you know. But I, lo- I, I love talking. So, so let's dabble into this, you know. I love psychology, mm-hmm. you know. So it was certain things that I just, I just kept dabbling into it. I never really understood, like, where I was actually going. Mm. You know, it was like I always went there. I went here, and I never had a clear path for me anyway, from what I could see, you know. But, again, God works in mysterious ways, you know. Mm -hmm. Podcasts kept coming into my head. It kept saying podcast, podcast, podcast. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm where... I don't like to do what everybody else is doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like to do what everybody else is doing. And I felt like during that time where podcasts kept coming into my mind, there were so many podcasts out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of people were on this train of being, you know, podcasters and all of that. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm okay with just, you know, talking to my homegirls, you know, about life and things of that nature or, you know, talking with myself, like, what am I going to do with, how, like, how am I going to do it? So when I first, because I, I had a podcast before this one, mm-hmm. so before Exceeding While Black, I had um, a podcast pre- prior to that, and I, uh, it, I did two episodes, and it was done, mm-hmm. um, and I realized in that moment that, okay, this is, I'm on the right track, but this isn't it. You know what I'm saying? This is not mm-hmm. what God has called me to do. It's something deeper than just the surface level. And so then I really just started, again, like you said, isolating myself. I started thinking about, okay, what is it that I want to talk about? Why is podcast so heavily on my mind? And I just started thinking about every single thing that when it comes to my life, 
when it comes to my journey and things that I've been through. So that's where the Seeming My Black came from, self-love, faith, and purpose. You know, mm-hmm. um, beautiful. It, that's so beautiful. It, it made me realize that I need all three of those things in order to survive, in order to succeed, in order to become the person that I am today. So I ask you, you know, for a person that may not feel as though their life is purposeful or may not feel as though they have a purpose, what exactly would you, what advice would you give them? So help me understand the specific question just one more time, just so I can make sure that I answer it exactly, because I was so captivated by everything that you were explaining when it came to your, um, you know, just the journey that is taking you to get to this point. I just want to make sure I hear specifically what that question is again. Knowing that a person's life is actually purposeful, what if they don't understand or know their exact purpose? What advice would you give them? Yeah, I think that the pursuit of purpose is the journey that we take in life. And I think that um, every single one of us, we all have a purpose. Whether we know that purpose yet right now or not is, you know, to be determined. But Every single one of us does have a purpose. And I think that if we pursue purpose, it comes to us. So what do I mean by pursue purpose? I remember when I didn't have any type of grasp or grip on what my purpose was, what I was supposed Mm -hmm. to do, where I was supposed to go. And I remember hounding God, like, I mean, hounding God, praying (laughs) diligently every single day. God, please show me my purpose. God, please show me my purpose. God, please show me what I'm supposed to do. God, please give me clarity on my vision. God, make it black and white, plain, obvious, crystal clear that this is the exact thing that you would like for me to do and that you would have for me to do. And the thing that I think where people mess up is even when they pray that prayer, when they don't feel like it's being answered at the time frame in which they think that it's supposed to be answered, they automatically just feel like God is not real. God doesn't mm-hmm. care, and they don't have a purpose. So I might as well just go and live a normal, regular, regular, schmegular life and <laughs> right. not give any real effort towards, you know, um, anything because God obviously just doesn't have anything for me. So let me just kind of mm-hmm. take the reins into my own hands instead of being patient enough to just consistently pursue. I think that while you're praying, you still do need to pursue. So like right. you just talked about. Okay, what am I good with? I'm good with my hands. Okay, cool. Oh, you know what? This is not really something I want to do anymore. Okay, well, maybe I can write now um, instead of being a masseuse. Okay, cool. Oh, well, writing is something I'm really as passionate about, but I do love to talk to people. Okay, cool. Like, now I'm going to talk to people. Okay, cool. This led me to Jaleel. Maybe then this will lead me to interview this person and that person, and and it just continues to be a, a spiral effect. So I think that even though you may not know your purpose right now, You can find purpose by pursuing purpose and by praying for purpose, praying for purpose first and then pursuing it afterwards. If you knock, the door is going to be open to you. If you Mm -hmm. seek, you're going to find. If you ask, you're going to receive. But when you ask, you have to ask with certainty. I didn't go to God like, oh, God, please show me my purpose. (laughs) Like. It it wasn't like that at all. It was very much. It was very much giving God. You sent me down here to this planet. I'm on this earth realm because of you. I don't remember asking to come here. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I am literally here as a result of you allowing me to be here. If I'm going to be here, I need something to do. Otherwise, I'm just wasting space, and there was no point for you to create me. Please show me and reveal to me what is the purpose that you have for my life. And please give it to me now. Like that, you know, and then after that, everything else was just prayers of thanks. Because I feel like sometimes we don't understand that when we ask God for something, he heard you the first time. You don't have Mm. to keep asking him. Like, you know, he heard you the first time. So now everything else is you making sure that you commit to the perspectives and, and the outlook that it's already done. You see what I'm saying? So, so I okay, I pray to God, Lord, please show me my purpose. I am here because of you. 
I want to do your will. I want to make you proud. I want to make sure that you are glorified from my life and through my life. Please give me and grant me the vision and the perception and the perspective of my purpose. Thank you in advance. Amen. Boom. That Once that is prayed, he heard you. It's recorded. Everything we ever say, think, do is recorded in the sands of time, period. So now, after that's done, the next thing that I'm doing is I am giving prayers of thanksgiving because I see it as already done. I'm moving as if it's already done. I'm thinking as if it's already done. I'm acting as if it's already done. I'm putting myself in the habit of it already being done in my mind. Like I'm, I'm training myself to see and believe the thing as done. So now I'm thanking him. Lord, thank you so much for revealing your purpose to me. I'm so grateful and I'm excited to be able to make sure I spent every single waking second that I have in this purpose. Now that's a different mm-hmm. reality. Yeah. So think about it. If you were if you had complete understanding of what purpose was for you and you were living out that truth every single day, imagine how you would treat yourself. Or imagine how you would treat situations. Imagine how you respond to things. Imagine how you would interact with things. It would it would it would be much different than we allow ourselves to experience now because, you know, a lot of people for for whatever reasons they allow themselves to get so caught up in the right now and in the, what they see in front of us that, or in front of them that they move life, they move through life as if that's all that there is. All that there is mm-hmm. is what's happening to me right now. That's it. There's nothing else. No, but there's, there's so many people, there's so many people who never move forward in life because all they commit to and all that they see is what is directly in front of them. They do not see anything past that. They don't believe that there's anything more for them beyond that. And so they settle, and they settle for what they see versus being able to envision a reality that is bigger than that. And that's my whole life journey is to be able to help people to see there's something bigger than what you're currently looking at. There's something beyond where you currently are. Don't allow your emotions to be connected to you being concretely locked into believing that where you are is just, that's it. Like, that's all that there is. You have to have that optimism and the belief that there is something beyond this, and God himself is responsible for revealing that thing to you and then bringing that thing about into manifestation, into, or actually we, we're learning this in our household, a, a new word that we want to use versus manifestation, actualization. Because actualization mm-hmm. is the true, it's an act, the root word of that is act. So you're actualizing something into the world. You're materializing something into the world. So that thing is actualized already. It just has not hit in the current earth realm. So you just have to make sure that you stand ten toes down on what you pray to God and, and your belief that God is not going to allow things to um, not go um, according to what his plan is in any circumstance. So as long as you're praying that he would reveal his purpose for your life to you, there's no way that you would not ever be able to receive that and be able to move within that. And then you now are expected to operate in the vein of that purpose once he does make sure that that thing is revealed to you. Mm. Now you spoke something right there. You spoke yeah. something right there. Um, and with that, so I have I, I have a question. It's kind of because I'm going to get on topic. So can I ask, how old are you? Yeah, I'm 27. 27. So you, you're so wild, <laughs> beyond, beyond even knowing. Um, and maybe that just has to do with um, just the fact that, you know, you, you did grow up in the church and, you know, you were around, you know, elders that were wise, you know, and just, just the fact of how, how you speak now, you know, like you, you been through some stuff, man. Yeah. And it it's very helpful and I know it's inspiring other people. But my thing is Yes, we've all we've all gone through things, you know what I'm saying? We all have gone through like our healing process and stuff. And I remember you mentioning um earlier 
that the things that you speak on um, and the things that you talk about now is because you've already gone through the journey or you're going through the journey, you know? So what is it now that you're, I guess, healing from or that you have healed from? Oh, man. Um, I have, I've had to heal. The biggest thing that I've had to heal from has been um, relational activities, like Mm -hmm. romantic and also, um, friendships um i've 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 had people who have come in and out of my life and people that i thought i was going to be like in relationship with for the rest of my life that are just you know no longer uh you know we just we just don't talk like we're just not you know in each other's lives anymore and you know that has again been romantic that has been um friendship that has been mentorship I mean, just several different tiers and layers. And each time that someone that was that close, you know, we kind of got out of um, relationship with one another, um, it created a deeper thing inside of me of, like, um, I would say, like, a coldness on my heart, if I could be just Mm -hmm. fully transparent with you, to the point where I just kind of be like, oh, all right, that, you know, I'm not, I'm not on this, you know, I'm not on this love people thing no more. I'm not on this give myself to people thing no more. I'm not, I'm just, I'm not with that. Like, I don't have it no more. I know I'm supposed to love. I know I'm supposed to be this fixture in a world who helps all these people. Nah, I'm, I'm not on that because all these people have hurt me so much. Why is there anything that I'll do anymore for the world when, you know, I don't even believe what I'm taught, what I'm saying anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's mm-hmm. like how how could how could the things that have that I've experienced be true with no excuse me how could the the things that I'm saying be true when I've experienced what I've experienced about the world how could people still come to love somebody or care about somebody or you know any of those things knowing you know that um that this is what could happen to you in the, in the process but then I was reminded of something that really changed the way that I looked at life. And that was this. Every single time that I've needed God to forgive me, he did. Mm -hmm. And I can't even count how many times that God has forgiven me. So if God's forgiven me so many times, and here's the craziest part, he never brings it back up. Where that's not how we operate. We yeah. have things happen to us, and then we allow ourselves to bring back up the things that we've gone through constantly. Mm-hmm. So if God, if God has forgiven me all these times, then why can't I forgive not only people but situations that have taken place and love despite of it? And so now the healing journey for me is I'm working on emotional mastery. Meaning that no matter what my bank account says, no matter right. what people come in and out of my life, no matter what um, opportunities are granted access to me, no matter what state that I might find myself in, that I'm very much content no matter what. I'm always good. I'm always even kill. I'm always joyous. I'm always peaceful. To me, Joy and peace as a constant state of how you just live your life every single day, that to me is the greatest form of achievement that you could ever have, like, as a human being. Because joy and peace are the meaning of life to me. Peace is everything around me is could be on fire, but inside, I'm cool. I don't have any issue. I'm good. I'm I'm cool with life. Joy is external circumstances don't make me happy. Because I mm-hmm. made a million dollars this year does not make me happy. Because I made $10 million this year does not make me happy. Because I'm finally in the relationship that I've been praying to God for, uh, you know, still because I'm single, you know, and, and having my soulmate, that does not make me happy, right? What makes me – what makes me – um extremely joyous 
is the mere fact that, like, God loves me. He mm-hmm. cares about me. He said that I'm his own. And because of my my love for God and, and me being, you know, a child of God, that is the thing that makes me happy. And and that is the thing that brings me the joy. Because there truly is that, and I've said it a couple times, so I wanted to make sure I gave clarity. There's a big difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is a contingency factor. So I'm happy because I make a million dollars. I'm happy because I meet my soulmate. I'm happy because I got my dream car. But joy is constant. My joy is because God's love is in me, and so I just have joy. Joy is 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 a is an irreversible, just a continuous state, right? Because happiness is a feeling. Joy is a state. Mm-hmm. So that's really where I'm at now. Mastery of happiness. I'm mastery of joy and peace and having my emotional state never ever change and i got to give a huge huge shout out to my dad um because my dad is that way like he's the reason Mm -hmm. why i feel that way because i've never seen my dad break a sweat i've never seen my dad be upset about anything um well excuse me i've seen him be upset but i've never seen him get out of character like, he's just right. been even-keeled person the, the entire time that I've known him, but it's only because of how much time that man spends, you know, in God's presence and, and you know, becoming who he is, um, you know, today has been a result of that. So um, hopefully that answers that question. It does. It does. And honestly, I just want to keep on talking and, you know, keep hearing your your inspirational, motivational like things that you say, but I I'm I'm just at all right now because of all the things that you said so far and me just looking back on my life and my journey and really realizing that I really am doing it, you know, and I really am constantly pushing myself and making my dreams and my aspirations happen. Mm-hmm. regardless of the obstacles that may come my way, regardless of the things that people, you know, may say or, you know, the negative opinions of others and what they think I should be doing, you know, but I am I am forever grateful for you, you know. Um, I hope that we can continue um, this conversation, maybe even have a part two, you know, I would, love I, would I would really want to, you know, dive a little bit deeper into just you as a person, you know, you as an individual. Um, but until then, could you please just let us know where, where else, you know, we can find you, what else you have going on, um, things of that nature. Yeah, for sure. Um, so first things first, uh, or last things last, I guess, at this point, um, <laughs> Um, you know, I, I just appreciate you having me on a platform. Every time I get a chance to speak to anybody about, um, you know, my life, my journey, my story, I think that it's an honor and a privilege. So I'm humbled that you would see me as somebody that you would want to talk to. Um, as far as where, you know, your community can engage with me, um, on Instagram, my handle is at I am, um, Jaleel C. So that's J-A-H-L-E-E-L and then the letter C. And then as far as, um, you know, the community that I'm building, um, the neighborhood is on North 13th. So um, at north13th.co, so N-O-R-T-H, one, three, T-H, the number one, the number three, Um, That is where the community is. And we're, you know, again, we're building. Um, we just, you know, started it at the top of this year. So we're still building our community's page, but we've, you know, grown to 5,000 people. And hopefully by the next time we do this interview, um, you know, we'll be at 10,000 and then we'll just continue to just keep growing. And the intention is not for us to just, oh, we care about building this million person platform and, you know, whatever. It's really about, we really want to meet people and create a community of people around the world that can truly do life together um, and give the resources and the tools that help people to build a healthy and wealthy lifestyle. So not only the tool, not only having a platform that provides these tools and resources, but making sure that people who are already experiencing health and wealth and or are on the journey to experience a healthier and wealthier lifestyle meet each other so that they can do life together. So that if you are here in Atlanta 
and you want to find somebody who's on this path and on this journey of self-discovery, growth, healing, um, and development, um, and becoming truly just better, that you meet them, that you're able to, to develop a relationship with them, and that you guys can go hang out, that you guys can go to the movies together, that you guys can go get coffee together, et cetera. So that's our intention. That's our our goal. And then the last thing that I, you know, like to just say is that there's three types of people that's in this world. There's wishers, you know, there's wanters, and then there's a third thing, which is called a get-it-donner. Um, so why don't you decide to become a get-it-donner so that you can live the life that other people dream of and that God, you know, ultimately um, has for you? So I love you guys. There's really nothing you can do about it. Please, again, do me a favor by being my neighbor and following all of the different social media platforms that we have and uh, enjoy your journey home, guys. Again, I want to thank Jaleel so much for his words, for his wisdom. And wherever you're listening, um, I hope that you gain something from it. You know, I hope that it moved your spirit as much as it did mine. Again, I appreciate you and I thank you. And I thank you, man. Continue exceeding while black. Peace and love. I'm out.